Welcome to the Journey Beyond Divorce podcast, where we invite you into a journey of healing and personal transformation that will radically change your divorce experience, heal your heart while refining your character, and set you up to be effective and feel empowered as you navigate the practical and emotional challenges of divorce. I'm your host, Karen McMahon, founder of Journey Beyond Divorce. My divorce brought me to my knees, and it also transformed me and set me on this path to help you. Our team of JBD coaches support men and women to engage in divorce with more calm, clarity, and confidence through our one-on-one coaching, group programs, online courses, and free resources. You're on your own in a good way. You are financially independent. You're going to be able to be confident in this and do it yourself. Let's get you to your new identity. You are your own person now, and your family is seeing that exuded confidence. So let's plan something very positive. It doesn't have to be negative divorce. And and the money is just a very high functioning tool to get you to where you want to be. As if divorce isn't complicated enough, add wealth and a family-held business, and divorce negotiations can get quite complex and emotionally charged. That's why I created a series around divorce and the family-held business. Whether you're the primary business owner or the spouse of, this series is for you. We speak to attorneys for each side and walk you through what to expect and how to prepare from consultation through settlement. Along with typical intricacies of high net worth divorce are the unique complexities of the family-held business partnerships, commercial properties, employment of family members, and so much more. All of our experts are experienced in these areas and will assist you in asking the right questions, gathering the appropriate information, and ultimately negotiating the best possible settlement. Welcome back to another episode of Divorce and the Family-Held Business, How to Protect Yourself. Today's episode is for affluent women, how to preserve and enhance your lifestyle during and beyond divorce. And divorce in general is so overwhelming when it comes to finances. And then when you're in the high net or the ultra high net Uh, category, there are so many complexities of the finances that it can really throw you on your ear. And so today I have um, Olivia with me and she has a very specialized niche. Uh, Olivia Summerhill helps affluent women preserve and enhance their lifestyle after divorce, helping them gain control of their money situation and understand their wealth goals, and values moving forward. And before we get into the details, a little bit about Olivia's background. She is a financial, she began her financial career uh, at J.P. Morgan Chase in 2012, and she quickly developed a reputation for being an expert resource for high net worth families. And she invested her energy in getting certified in virtually every area that could help her help her ultra high net worth clients. Olivia is a certified philanthropic advisor, a chartered retirement plan specialist, behavioral financial advisor, and certified financial planner, certified divorce specialist, money coach, and certified certified divorce financial analyst. So she comes with a tremendous amount of experience um, and education and wisdom. I'm so excited for today's conversation. Welcome, Olivia. I'm so excited to be here. These, of course, are my favorite things to talk about. So we're going to have some fun today, aren't we, Karen? (laughs) Absolutely. And this is so, it's so vital because as you know, entering divorce 
you're entering such an emotional tsunami. And so in many ways, you're at your least able to absorb and understand all of the detail, which is why we do this podcast so that people can go back and re-listen and re-listen. And so for our listeners today, um, I'm going to invite you to trust that there's so much information here and so many answers that you're going to be okay and grab a pen and paper because there'll be a lot of detail, but you can always re-listen. And so Olivia, before we start out with the details, can you just explain, I think you have a really interesting story for how you came into this field. Can you just share that with our listeners? Mm-hmm. So I ended up um, getting into finance because I never wanted what happened in my childhood to happen to me during adulthood, where it was very controlling with finances. My parents went through a very vicious, ultra high net worth divorce where kids were used as pawns. Um, Finances were not okay at that point. So I decided to get into finance so that I could control my future with money and understand it myself. Um, and honestly, not be like my mother who didn't understand any of it and who couldn't protect herself and um, got taken advantage of in the divorce process. So lo and behold, went through a decade of finance, all the experience and education I possibly could do, mostly for myself and for my high net worth clients, and then spun that into, oh my goodness, there is such a high net worth need for women who don't understand the divorce's financial aspects, why don't I just, instead of doing everything in finance, which I was, you know, retirement planning, investment planning, income tax planning, every type of financial planning, why don't I just focus on the divorce planning and really help her almost so that I could be helping women that were just like my mother and their children who were getting all these really bad things happening to them financially. So that's why I started my firm. And so far it's been extremely successful because I only help one specific ideal client. And that's who we're going to be talking about today. Although, as you know, Karen, we both know you can switch the dynamic and say, this could be for the less money spouse could be male, but today we're just going to stick with, I'm going to keep saying female because that's who I work with. Yeah, and that's perfect. Thank you for that that preface as well. And so walk us through how you walk a client through from like, oh my God, I'm getting divorced. Either I decided or my spouse decided and deer in the headlights. What's the first thing you do with a client? If anyone's watching right now, I'm bringing my hands up and I'm breathing. So that's the first thing we do. We breathe together. Um, And basically, whenever I'm meeting with a client, it's always virtual or by the phone. And so it is something that you can do through the phone. And I'm going to say, everyone listening today, we're about to talk about divorce, finances, family-held business, which is usually the heart and soul of the family. So we're going to all take a deep breath together. I think that's a good idea, you know? Breathing in and out. Because it's a stressful topic. I think it's fun. You think it's okay to talk about as well, obviously, but for most people, it's very anxiety ridden and 95 to 97% of us as Americans have money anxiety. So walking you through the first thing we do is we breathe and then we understand what's going on and where we're at in the divorce process. So whoever you're talking to, whether it's a friend, family, or professional, my first tip today is going to be Always share your story to everyone you need to, but then share it to the right person who can actually benefit and give you the right advice. So going to the right professional or expert, sharing your story in the right way and telling them about the family health business as much as you know is going to be key because friends and family are going to tell you the best advice in their heart, but it might not be the best advice you need to take in life. And we'll get into that more. I just want to throw that out there is the first thing, breathing, having someone hear your story. And for my clients, that's the most important part of the process. Yeah. And I love that because each expert that we have on this series is, is 
voicing that same message is we need we need our support team to be able to just speak to. But when it comes to guidance and especially if you have um, a strong personality that you're divorcing, who might be telling you how it's going to be and what you can expect, um, listen to your attorney and your financial planner over your soon to be ex when it comes to those conversations. What is someone um, who's in this high net worth uh, category, how do they begin to wrap their brain around finances and what they need, even what they need to know, never mind knowing it, just what they need to know? So usually she comes terrified, exhausted, bullied already, and she just needs to know everything, but then that can be overwhelming. So we break it down and we say, you just need to know the basics at the very beginning. And typically that's understanding the day-to-day and monthly budget because most people listening, I am positive. You are not alone if you're listening here today and you think, I don't even know my budget. I don't know anything about how much we spend on the children, how much I spend on myself. I'm just doing all the household chores. I'm hiring the right people in our team around family management. I'm the one spending the money on the groceries, but I don't know how much it costs. So I know that doesn't have to do with the family business, but going from overwhelming and trying to know all the finances when he might've been hiding all these different accounts for 15 years or not even hiding, but just saying, you don't need to know, I got it taken care of. Well, that's 15 years of overwhelm times even more if you're an ultra high net worth family. So breaking it down, keeping it really simple, taking those deep breaths and starting with, okay, what do I know? Do I be, can I get a budget in in place and talk to the right person and understand where I'm at right now financially and where certain accounts are? So starting really small might even be something as simple as talking to that financial advisor or that planner or wealth manager or CPA accountant, the people that have been in your life that you might not the last decade have been talking to because there was no need. You might need to pick up the phone at this point and call and ask some questions. I don't know where the finances are. Can you help me? These people are going to be imperative, even though, again, it might be exhausting or it might be embarrassing. It might be really scary to call someone who has been talking to your almost you know, soon to be ex this whole time in, in your lifestyle. And now you're calling to ask questions. So this is a, a good place to start. I think that's such a good point. So I'm hearing two things. One is starting with um, what you spend is very helpful, right? And that you can typically track from your, 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 your bank account, your credit card statements, that kind of a thing. And so beginning to get a handle on what's going out is a good start. And then the other thing I hear you saying is, look, you, there's a really good chance that you haven't been managing the money, that you aren't on top of all of the different accounts and investments and stocks and what have you, and that's okay. And I love that you, you already, Olivia, keep bringing in um, that emotional piece. And so if you're feeling insecure, if you're feeling self-doubt, it makes sense. And yet with the right support team, when you're aligned with people like Olivia, who do know, who live and breathe money every day, and you have trustworthy people on your team, then you can begin to ask those questions and let the shame and the guilt and all that BS go and just show up and know that someone has your back. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yes. Those said it perfectly in a little synopsis there. It's exactly right. And so if if step one is is um, knowing what I spend, and step two becomes um, knowing uh, what I I have, what what we own together, and and can you just speak to? I can't tell you how often my clients talk about his money and his investments, and and just uh, my tip is always. Uh, I want you starting today to 
edit yourself and say our instead of his because you did not sign up to be a slave and raise the kids and run the household. You signed up to be an equal partner. And so can we speak a little bit to the his versus ours and then that big pot? And and can we start breaking that down a little bit? Yes. So I work all over the world and almost every single female that I help says that exact same thing. His, his, his. That's been ingrained. And I love how you are in that coaching mode of saying, no, it's ours. You know, you guys are partners. And that's absolutely the truth, no matter where we're at. And in different cities and states, people have the tendency to go right into the law. And I'm not a lawyer, but I think that everyone would would also agree with me saying, yes, it's yours to be able to say that it's yours and just the conversation. And that's where you need to start is getting into that mode of, okay, I don't know where anything is. And I've been raising the children, but it is part of what I've done. I've brought and contributed to this relationship. So having that conversation of where the accounts are is absolutely my right. So that's where you start is trying to ask those questions to the right people. And that may be getting tax returns. You might go to your mortgage officer from the past and ask for when you guys submitted for a mortgage, if you have a few of them, I'm sure that they have the paperwork for you if you don't have it yourself, which is very normal not to have that paperwork. Trust me, no one has that lying around, but you can ask the right people. And another thing on top of that is, okay, so we go from step A, B, C. Some people are in different steps and are further along in the process. But when you get the right people involved they can help support you and give you that confidence that you might not have right now. And I'm talking to you, whoever's listening right now, who has doubt, just like you were saying, Karen, they might have some really um, massive shame coming out of or beating themselves up or rating yourself. None of that is going to be something you want in the future. So we also want to bring in, this is where I get really And so my money coaching is bringing in the values of who do you want to be post-divorce. So working with someone or working with yourself, reading books, however you can during that divorce process at the very beginning of the steps, if possible, talking about, okay, we're about to get into all these financial decisions. Do I want to win? Is that my goal? Do I want to have a different lifestyle? Is that my goal? Do I want to have family be one of my values? Do I want integrity as one of my values, ethics? Do I want happiness, health, religion? What are some of your values? Because that's going to train the entire, you're going to be on a train, right? And you want to make sure that you're going in the right direction on that train and your values are going to help support you as you find out the finances And as you start negotiating with those wonderful people around you, that team of experts, that includes most likely a lawyer or mediator, someone of that nature. So that's another thing I want to point out is the the values. Keeping on your values during the divorce is really imperative and extremely difficult when emotions come into play. But that is something that I always, always talk about with clients. And I wanted to express that today because if you don't know your values and who you want to be post-divorce, how are you going to set a good example to the rest of your family? How are you going to know and trust yourself? So, right. I love that. And, and, you know, we coach people around values being your North star. And so often people like, you know, you say, well, what are your top five values? And they're like, I got nothing <laughs> right? because yeah. I haven't thought about it. And yet to your point here, you are going through the greatest transition of your life. It's, it's complex because of your financial situation, more complex and because of your family business. And so those values Uh, are what you're going to be able to uh, check in with, with every decision, every strategy, every hire. Oh, I just met this person. Everyone told me that he's the cat's meow. Is he in the way he speaks aligned with my values? And so those values become this brilliant compass and North Star to set you on the path of your choosing, your desire. It's actually the very beginning of empowerment in that way as well.
You've been listening to our podcast, Getting Educated, Regulating Your Emotional Reactions, and it's been really helpful. Yet you know you could do better, be better, and you're wanting and needing more support. That's where our coaching service is a game changer. We're here for you when you need us the most, ensuring you have all the tools and resources at your fingertips, guiding and supporting you to be more effective. Our free rapid relief call helps you gain a broader perspective, commit to your best next steps, and determine what coaching support is right for you. Visit rapidreliefcall.com to book your call today. is you're saying, yeah, someone might be saying yeah, that person's amazing work with this person. He is the cat's meow. But then on the other side, we also have the, the let's just say you've had the same CPA for 20 years at the start of your marriage, when you both were making nothing. And that is the same CPA accountant that you've had for those 20 years. Is that still the person that has the cat's meow that's actually really helping you guys out? Do they understand the complexities of high net worth divorces or are they just a loyal team member and you both were so loyal that you stayed with him or her as a CPA? Let's just take it for granted right now. We're, we're going to assume it's a guy who's been with you for 20 years as a CPA. Well, he is he still the best fit for you to go to and talk to or do you need another team member that might be better that matches your values because that's not always the best is to use the oldest person that's in your life as a professional because even financial planners advisors lawyers that have been with you estate planners whoever it may be realtors you might need a new team around you if your values have changed who talks to you different who actually includes you in the conversation however it goes there's no judgment it's really whatever's best for you and what who you feel comfortable with safe with, that is a thing. We want you to feel safe. Working through this process is extremely difficult and you need team members like Karen around you. you absolutely do. So, so let's take, let's take our listeners to, um, to a little bit more granular. What, what makes a uh, high net ultra high net, uh, so complex? What is it about, uh, about, their situation that adds so many more levels or complexities than your kind of average individual? Well, average individual may mean something different to everyone and high net worth may mean something different. So let's yes. get really specific there. So the definition online, if you looked, is 25 to 30 million is typically high net worth, ultra high net worth. In my category, it's 50 to 80 plus or more is ultra high net worth, but let's just for simplicity, 25 to 30 million and high net worth just in general is one to 5 million is usually, you know, people are very set up for success, but it's not as complex as 25 to 30 is going to get the whole family involved typically. So there's usually generational family businesses, and that's the biggest complex component of the divorce process. And we can go very granular. I could tell many stories of when you are in those family businesses, if you were the non-moneyed spouse, you most likely didn't know much about what's going on in that business day to day or even right. year to year. You might not have even signed a tax return. That's happened quite a bit where it's just signed for you. Let's not say it's forgery of they're trying to do something really illegal in the IRS's mind, but let's just say you you might've even signed and not looked at it. However, it, it, it concluded, you haven't been in touch with the family business at all. And that's where it gets really complex as well as having multiple homes, the family management that gets very, very, I don't want to use the same word complex again, but when you have multiple places to live and multiple things to deal with insurance risk management, the finances get more complicated. It is an added, added layer of complexity. So let's just go with the family business though. That is absolutely by far the most complex. And usually 
It entails extra family members or something I see often is the other family members aren't really part of the business. They're part of just the trustee team. So they still, most of the time it's on the spouse. So the the husband's side, his family are the people that are in charge of making decisions of where things can move. Even so far as to say trust accounts for maybe the children, because when you get to high net worth, ultra high net worth, the trust accounts come into play and there's people guarding that for the children of the heirs of whatever it may be, or legacy planning, business planning. And so you really have to be, be moving your way through that process in a very, very smooth way. So you're guiding that train down that path and you want to be very good at how you're talking about the business to the family. Um, and so that's why I say some of these complexities it goes right into the emotions of all that family, the extended family that you might be dealing with in that divorce. It's not just you and your ex, soon to be ex, divorcing at this point. It is a whole family affair and that can challenge the relationship even more and your emotions. So again, having the right team in place, knowing your values is critical. Yeah, so that's a really interesting one. So the complexity that you're bringing up, which actually hadn't even crossed my mind, is you know in your typical divorce, it's it's you, your spouse, your kids, and of course the in-laws or your parents or your siblings have their opinions, but but it's mostly that that um, core family. But you're saying when you start talking about this kind of uh, high net worth, you're you've got. You've got generational businesses. You've got um, many family members involved. And so even even on an interpersonal level and on a communication level, it it becomes uh, there's a lot more detail. There's a lot more personalities, which means there's a lot more emotion. There's a lot more reactivity. So back to the emotional, that's a lot. Now, I want to ask you when we come down to the numbers, uh, I interviewed a business valuator and we're going to be talking to a forensic accountant. And so how, how, how does your role um, uh, play into those roles? Like, can you just kind of help us see how the dance is done with all of these different experts? So I am in the passenger seat, my clients in the driver's seat, Her whole team is in the car with us as well. And they're all helping her. She's the controlled one. She is the one directing us where she wants to go. We are the ones though, who are giving the guidelines and the red flags. That's at least what I do is absolutely point out the red flags, the mistakes, because what I have found in my career path is lawyers don't always know the finances. Majority of the time they don't at all, but I'm going to be kind and saying, they, that's not their job is to know all the finances. So when we're trying to talk about the numbers and actually get into the business mindset or talk with the business valuator or talk with the CPA, well, the tax as well as the business and the amount that's coming from that versus the two or three yachts or versus the houses, when we talk about all the different things financially we can choose... We need someone in that passenger seat to say, okay, here's the red flags. This is the mistakes I see. Here's what you need to actually expectation-wise do now before they say you need to do it. And also let's go over options. And that's something that's really helpful is narrowing it down. And that's what I do is I help guide her through wherever she is at in the divorce process. I don't manage assets. So I'm literally just there as a consultant and I give options of what she needs to do next or what options she could take next, she decides. And that's why I bring up the budget so quickly in this conversation is if you don't have that, which every lawyer is gonna ask for that, it's gonna be overwhelming. Whoever you can do this with, do it. Take 15 minutes, maybe start there and try to do it yourself. I mean, whatever you need to do to get that done, start small because they are going to, Use that against you if you don't know it. So that's why I say expectation-wise, know your budget because then you can very fairly negotiate and you know what's going on in the very beginning so that when you get to the business valuation and they do all the numbers there, you have a fair reasoning behind why you need what you need. 
And it's not you just throwing a number out and then them bashing it down and saying, no, you don't deserve that. You don't need that. Well, no, here's my list of budget. Here's what I charge for this and that. Here's the things that I'm paying for already. And you have that all in concrete detail. So I help a lot with just the little things in the budget and then also with the just finances in general. Yeah. So something that you said that's very interesting is that you don't do the investment, which makes you very, um, very neutral in that way. Um, and I could see where that really helps as a trusted advisor that, you know, nothing that's coming out of your mouth, nothing that you're suggesting is benefiting you. It's not like, you know, invest here because then I'll take care of that for you. So that's the first thing I'm hearing you say. The second thing I'm hearing you say is there's a lot of money involved. So there's, there's the net worth statement, which is is um, uh, what what you earn, what you have, what you spend, um, and what you owe, right? I think that that would kind of explain it. And that's a great picture that everybody should get of their finances. Um, but then with all these different financial people, if you have a CPA and a business evaluator and a forensic and a financial advisor, you need one that's your right-hand person. And I'm hearing that that's you, Olivia, that the position of being a financial advisor is, um, is, is the one who understands all of the complexities that the, that the attorney and the other financial people bring to the table. You're almost the, um, the interpreter, the advisor, the supporter, that right-hand person. You're the one. And saying that you're in the passenger seat in the front row in the passenger seat makes so much sense because you're that you're that um, linchpin for the client to understand everything, work through the um, possible options and choices and make the best decision. Am I hearing that correctly? Yes. And I know that um, a lot of people listening have never managed the assets post-divorce either. So that's a whole nother thing we could talk about is where do you go when you actually are done with the settlement? So that's that's something else we should touch on, I think, today. Yes. And, and I want to talk a little bit about the thick of it before we get there, which is, sure. OK, so so you're going to you're going to get a picture of your finances. You're going to reach out to the right people, um, have your support team and you're going to have a sense. And, and if you don't have a sense, if you find that you're running up against a wall, that's often when you're bringing in a forensic to say, I know there's money, where's the money? Maybe it's hidden. Maybe it's being used in ways it shouldn't be. Now, let's say you have, you have your picture and you've got, you've got that you're, you're solid on your values. You've, you've hired your right hand financial person and now you're going into negotiations. Can you talk a little bit about the role that a financial advisor, a planner um, should be playing for individuals as they enter the, the thick of it, the really challenging negotiation part? Absolutely. That's one of my favorite parts because it gets the pressure on and that's where kind of you can ease the, sh the pressure off of her shoulders, right? Because it's going to get very pressuresome in there. And if you can release some of that pressure from her shoulders, that's the best feeling ever. So this is where I thrive. And that's where she will be able to know that, okay, we're in the, the we are in the thick of it. It is the hardest decisions you're going to make in your life going forward, though. The weight's going to be off your shoulder. So what that typically entails for financial planners, advisors, um, that understand divorce and ultra high net worth or high net worth in general is what are you wanting out of life? So going back to the values and giving options. So that might be the divorce analyst or financial planner, whoever it is, giving the options on paper and showing the client, here's five different options. Let's narrow it down to three today. Let's just narrow it down to three. And a lot of the times it's do you want to keep the primary residence? Why is that? Let's talk about those conversations and narrow the five options to three, because that's where it can be really overwhelming and pressuresome is when the entire collaborative team, whoever you're working with, or the, the litigating team, whoever your, your lawyers are, CPAs, that whole team is going to be waiting for you to make some of these decisions on your own. And that's where the financial person comes in and says, here's your options. Let's narrow it down. What's best for you? 
And then let's also challenge because usually when you go to someone who is a celebrity famous or has a lot of wealth and is not used to hearing the word no, that's where I actually really like to come into in this challenge. But the financial person should be challenging you and saying, well, is that really what you're wanting? Is that really what we need to do next? Because some of those conversations are about that primary residence or about fighting for something more. Is that the best decision? And I know that Karen, you mentioned the forensic accountant, you know, that's maybe when we get the forensic accountant involved. I like to also bring up the the whole situation of, do we need to get a forensic accountant? Is it worth the time and effort to get a forensic accountant? My absolute favorite part of my career path is getting the right answers, having it in concrete. And sometimes that means business valuators, forensic accountants are key players in the game. Sometimes though, emotions are so high and the amount of time that's already passed in the divorce is so long. Is it worth your life literally day in and day out being stressed out? Or can we ease some of that pressure by saying, maybe it's worth not fighting this to get the forensic accountant involved and spend a lot of time and money and get that answer for whatever it may be. Most of the time it is getting the right people involved and spending the money and time, but just pointing out, we can go a lot of different options and that's why it's nice to have five or however many and start there and ease it in and take that pressure off her shoulders to get to whatever is best for her and that option. So, so that makes so much sense. So if there are, you know, multiple properties, mm-hmm. boats, other things, how do you, how do you, uh, the primary residence, regardless of your finances, right? That always has that big emotional pull, especially for mom. And especially if there are kids who are still at home. So, so that that's kind of universal, but once you start getting to the, all the other things, Um, how do you help someone choose and how do they know whether, you know, the, the, the Hamptons home is a better choice than, you know, a stock portfolio or a quadro or like, how did, how did they begin to piece together what makes the most sense for them when there's when there's so many big complex pieces that they're choosing from and probably they haven't been um, that involved? That's a great question. And it's one that's really hard to answer. So what is the best choice for that person? It is about her, her family, her values, where she wants to be and, and listing it out is helpful and having options but I don't have the answer here because it is the hardest part. And that's where it always comes out and it always relieves the pressure and the weights off her shoulders once she makes the decision, but it's her choice. So giving the options and you have the challenge of deciding what, I mean, let's just say they have a few properties and one of them's international. Does she want to travel international to visit that property and take care of it, maintain it, hire people to do the work still, whatever it may be? Is that in her wheelhouse right now? Does she want that? And looking out five to 10 years, because I'm a planner, I love looking out further. So I'm going to have her imagine where she wants to be in five to 10 years and go through those conversations and really go through the coaching mechanisms. Uh, But in the very beginning, there's no answer there. It's very hard to decide, you know, because if you have multiple properties or if you weren't the one on the sailboat all the time, do you want to be a partner in that? Maybe it was split three ways and it's back wherever it was, you know, years ago, it's back now in Greece or it's in Florida, wherever the boat is. Do you want to deal with that? I don't have the answer. I will bring up all the challenges and all the pros and cons though, because a lot of those assets like stocks, Obviously, I'm the expert in and knowing that and the financial person in the, the ring, so to speak, they will know those answers of what's the best, but sometimes we don't choose what's best financially. So again, going back to the options, give the options, pick a few out of there that aren't going to work best, get down to the top few, then go through the pros and cons. And then your financial person should be able to tell you this is absolutely your best choice but that doesn't mean that you have to take it. Because a lot of times the primary residents might have 
so much to do with the, the maintenance year after year. You might not want to deal with that, but the emotional tie might be that you're going to keep it for some reason and you can afford it. Let's just say you have $200 million. You can afford that primary residence year after year, and you know, you're going to lose money, um, whatever the this, this situation, and you can still choose that option. It's your choice as the female who's, who's driving the car. Right. Right. So what's interesting is what I'm beginning to hear is when, when you're, um, when you're living in that level of wealth, those values actually become so important because it's not so much a can or a can or a can afford. It's more um, what is going to bring your life the most value. And you said it right in the beginning. And I was actually a little curious that you brought up values so, so early, but who do you want to be and, mm-hmm. and how that's going to drive the divorce? Because in many ways you have more choices and more choices can be overwhelming and complex. Yes. And so, so having that, that North star right from the beginning and then someone like you, Olivia, filling in all the blanks of these are the tax ramifications and this is the benefit and this is the value, you know, not not on paper, but the real value. And this is, I love that you do the forecasting and this is what the forecast looks like for the next 10 to 20 years for you. Then someone um, with so many choices can, can make them better with those values being kind of locked and loaded and crystal clear. Listeners often share that they've been on the fence about leaving their difficult marriage for far too long. What about you? Are you walking on eggshells, constantly trying to make sense of your spouse's black and white thinking, revisionist history, endless blame and accusation? Have you lost your voice, your self-confidence, even your belief that a better life is available for you? Imagine for a moment entering your divorce unflustered by your spouse's recriminations, certain of your legal rights, crystal clear on your next steps, and secure in your support team. How would it be to feel guided and supported to create, practice, and implement a bulletproof plan to leave your marriage with grace and dignity? If this sounds like what you need to finally get unstuck, go to journeybeyonddivorce.com and learn more about our Get Off the Fence program. You can even book a call with a coach to ensure that this is the right program for you. goes into more of the money coaching of, okay, what are the behaviors and the patterns from childhood that you dealt with money? And are you redoing that childhood pattern and behavior to the point of you're going to go into the next relationship, the exact same. So we need to work on who you are as just an identity person financially, and, and maybe shift some of those personality traits that have come from childhood to protect yourself around money. And maybe that is one of those could have been putting your head in the sand because it's scary. And that's what you did as a child. Cause it was an actual scary situation. You weren't safe to talk about money. So you, you implemented that in your relationship. Well, now you're about to get divorced. Do you want to be the statistic that 65% of the, the people around getting divorced a second time go around? Do you really want to be part of that statistic? Or do you want to post this divorce actually find love for the right reasons, not the financial reasons you've grown as a person with your money, coaching history, whatever it may be, and understand yourself different with your values and have a healthy, thriving marriage and not be part of that 65% statistic of getting a divorce a second time. Right. So, so it all plays around with each other and it's all fun for me, but I'm sure everyone here needs to take a breath right now. <sighs> Cause we're still talking about money and divorce. <laughs> so. Right. And, and I, the connection to you being a money coach, right. So, so 
um, I've just learned this this past year that whatever my money issues are, um, someone could give me a whole chunk of money that doesn't change my money issues. Um, it's it's like everything else. It's an inside job. And so uh, for those who have lived a lovely lifestyle, but had the head in the sand or for whatever reason aren't aware, can you just talk a little bit about as a money coach, you mentioned one, but can you maybe mention a couple of other uh, things that our listeners might uh, consider look at themselves in terms of what are what are those inner um, belief systems uh, or behaviors that don't serve affluent women that you see that you help them shift? Can we just talk about that for a minute? Yes. So there's quite a few different archetypes we can go into, but I'm going to share some stories because I think that'll be more relatable and in, in divorce. So. A lot of times what we see is avoidance. Yes. So talking about, you know, avoiding completely head in the sand. We also have the conversation of kind of a, a mentality of I'm going to just spend it because then it's, it's, it's gone. It's out of the way. I don't have to see it and I can avoid it in a totally different way. And um, then we also have different characteristics that can be in, involved in this. And the story I'd like to share is so during divorce, let's just say you, um, well, I'll share my client's story is she has a very, very wealthy husband, big CEO. And in his building that he manages all of these employees, there's a cafe at the very bottom. Well, my clients decides, well, let's talk about this together. Maybe I should become a waitress or a hostess at that restaurant cafe underneath his building to embarrass him completely. That is not a good, that's a great strategy for, for winning for a moment to show his employees and everyone on his team, like, Oh, he's not taking care of me during the divorce, you know, make him feel shame. I get that strategy for a moment there that might feel really good. And she didn't do it because we talked it through, but long-term is that going to be the best for you? And I'm guessing there's someone on this listening right now that is wanting that vindictive behavior to come out. And I get it. I totally do. And if you do it, I understand but is that going to be best for you long-term or is that a money behavior and pattern that you've learned to get attention in a negative way from childhood? That's maybe something you're bringing about right now. Or another client has thought, maybe I will spend money to get external validation. And so maybe post-divorce, I'll get a boob job. I know that's kind of a, a thing that we, we don't talk about all the time, but Honestly, plastic surgery, I mean, that's something that on my own podcast I've talked about with plastic surgeons is, is there other ways to be healthy and, and love ourselves and have that external validation and attention instead of changing right post-divorce? Maybe that's the best decision or maybe it's not. I don't know. But in that, in that client conversation is, do we want to spend the money in that way or is that something you've done from childhood? So there's, there's lots of others. Um, rarely do I see... Um, what we like to call the magician and, and who knows exactly what they're doing at the money situation and divorce during the process financially and is very comfortable and confident with money and has a plan with money. That's something from childhood rarely do we see um, that stays with us and that actually was formed because most often we see people were not educated with money. Um, and I also see in my practice at least Women who didn't come from money, who was married into money, who still feels the self-esteem issues. And right. right now when you're getting divorced, just like you were saying, Karen, is clients might actually say, oh, it's his money. Or maybe he said that for so long that they believe it. And, and that's where we get into the, let's bring up that self-esteem issue. Let's talk about it. Let's bring it out into the open. And when it comes to money, let's shift that viewpoint slowly. We're never trying to change immediately. And maybe we're not ready to change at all, but just having the conversation today and thinking about it, it's really powerful is that's our money and understanding that that's my option to choose my future. And I'm going to challenge him saying his business is only worth 300,000 when I know it's worth 300 million. 
I'm going to challenge that. Maybe that can be said after, after doing some, some work on yourself, but during divorce, it's very difficult. So I, um, I like these questions because it's something to at least think about. Yeah, absolutely. And, and just, I'm curious, um, as a child of divorce in a high net worth family, um, what did you notice about, uh, would you be willing to share some of the things you noticed about your money paradigm before you entered the financial industry? I got some really strong traits from certain people in my family and some really interesting traits from other people. So I'm quite rare in the money, money, concept of coaching because I have a lot of strengths of money and that's probably why I do well in this industry. Mm-hmm. So I though learned that I was really fearful of losing money. So I saved way too much in my twenties, way, way too much. You, I was like an old man in, in my eighties, right? <laughs> like I was saving like that kind of person and that's not normal in your twenties, but it's because of my childhood seeing what the control, greed, power, money is all involved. I never wanted anyone to be able to control me with money. And I wanted to be fiercely independent with money, which also is, yes, a strength, but also is a weakness. So I had to do my own money coaching because you need to be able to have other people inside inside your world with money. And you need to be able to spend money more than just saving it. So yes, it, it was very good strengths of, I I can much understand um, day-to-day finances, long-term finances. I have a plan, but now with money coaching, I've learned, oh, I can let loose a little more. And that's really helped in my long-term projection with clients. Because yeah, that's that's what I saw though, is it's controlling and I don't want anyone to control me. So everyone has something from childhood. And I, I, and I think we so rarely talk about the person who, um, has wealth and acts miserly, acts so frugally, right? So it's like the money, the money's also there to enhance your life. And so if you're not, you can't take it to the grave with you. So um, so are you healthy in enjoying your financial um, situation as well is what I'm hearing. Exactly. And so that's going into talking about what to take in, in the divorce process a lot of the times it's artwork or it's something really precious and beautiful that people not in the ultra high net worth world will understand that this has meaning behind it. Money can buy a lot of things and happiness. You need to come through with your own self first, but if it brings you pleasure, absolutely. You should be trying to have that artwork continue. Or what I like to do is have divorce parties for clients afterwards, because that's a huge benefit to you're on your own in a good way. You are financially independent. You're going to be able to be confident in this and do it yourself. Let's get you to your new identity. You are your own person now and your family is seeing that exuded confidence. So let's plan something very positive. It doesn't have to be negative divorce. And, and the money is just a very high functioning tool to get you to where you want to be. And that's why you also I'm going to throw this out there. You need team members that understand high net worth like yourself. We have to have people around ourselves in that car with us. Uh, Sometimes I use an analogy or, you know, metaphor. I like to talk about sailing because I'm a sailor. And so I like to talk about, you know, you're the crew, you know, we, you and I are the crew and we're helping with all the lines and all those, what we like to call lines is ropes, you know, helping move the, the, whatever, um, on the boat and the, the female that's in charge, she's right. She's the helmsman. She's right behind there with this, the wheel of the tiller helping guide wherever she wants to go, whatever Island she chooses. So it's really, um, you need to have a team though, that understands the complexity of your divorce And also understands that affluence brings anxiety. So it is not just, oh my gosh, boo-hoo, you have five artwork pictures that you need to decide how much they're worth and you need to get the right art vendor and consultant involved. That's so sad. No, you need someone who understands like that is your life that brings you pleasure. And that's okay to have these conversations about those paintings or whatever it may be. Beautiful. And I think that... um... You know, what I always say to clients going through divorce is this, it's such a big and overwhelming transition that it's really an opportunity. 
there's pain. And when you use the pain to fuel um, the process, you you can reinvent yourself. You can emerge a healed and refined, refined version of yourself. You can be more confident. You can be real, more clear of your values. You can um, cleanse yourself of some of those limiting beliefs, whether they're financial or otherwise, that haven't served you. And what I love about everything you're saying, Olivia, is the coach in you is coming through so crystal clear that you're you're not only a financial team member, but much like the Journey Beyond Divorce coach, you're keyed into the emotions, you're looking to help them in a more um, holistic way to emerge, not just uh, financially well, but uh, well in all areas of their life. Beautiful. So let's go to, so you, you get through the negotiation, you've got your team, they're helping you uh, get clear on your values, um, pick and choose. You go through your negotiation with your, your stellar attorney and here you are post-divorce um, and you've done a lot of work. So you're feeling really good about yourself. However, you're also completely responsible and there's a lot of money here to be responsible for. Can you walk us through this, this talent? How do you help people uh, set themselves up to feel really um, confident and, um, and settled in this new financial reality post-divorce? I really like the word you use, settled. I love that because that's just, we're so upheavaled. We have no clue what we're doing during the divorce. We're up here in the sky and we're still tethered to, let's just say the balloon tie because the, the family held business. So we're kind of stuck in this weird limbo, but once the divorce is over, we can let go of that balloon. We're no longer tied to anything. We have that option. We know our values. We have our new identity and we're settled on the ground, firm in our feet, knowing ourselves. I love that. That's settled really is a great word. I might take that from you and use it more often. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> but using that, let's go with that, that settled feeling and, and just breathing through that, the settledness of, okay, you know, I have gotten through that, that really hard part in my life. My family is okay. I'm moving forward. And financially, when you bring in the right people during the divorce process, that usually will entail understanding the little bits here and there of your financial situation and education, but there's still most likely a little work to be done. And I say a little, cause we don't ever want to throw a lot on someone, but understanding, okay, all the accounts are now set up and do you have everything on auto pay? Do you have everything set up where you don't have to think? So that's where I, my next step comes involved is getting everything from the banking systems to the investment strategies set up for success. And you can do this yourself. Whoever's listening right now, if you want to try and download mint.com during the divorce process or post-divorce, that's a helpful tool to get everything in one place. I always, always, always suggest from complicated to simplifying, get to the simplified version. So post-divorce, you might have all of these different accounts at financial institutions and simplifying it to one app. So knowing where it's at, you know, one bank, one place like mint.com, it'll structure and track everything in one spot or getting them from different places into one bank so that you know where everything is. And then I know this is so silly just to bring up randomly, but getting on paperless getting on auto pay, making your life so simplified will benefit you long-term so you don't forget anything because you are starting your new credit life. You need to build that credit if you want anything in the future. And we can go into that another time, but annualcreditreport.com is another helpful tool to see where you're at during the divorce process or post-divorce. I always bring that up before they even get divorced, but knowing where you're at financially includes where your credit score is at. You might have 150 million, but you might not have your own credit score post-divorce where you can't even get an apartment. So you need to know this during the divorce, before the divorce, or at the very least, 
post-divorce, get on it. So little things here and there are very helpful to understand. So that's, I'm going everywhere with that. So apologize if that was too much at once, but the little things starting out, it's going to be very helpful for success. Yeah. I, I love the the advice about credit, right? So it's like the, the earlier you realize that you need to start building credit, it's easy enough to do that once you know, and you begin to take those baby steps and then knowing everything you owe and having it organized and on auto pay. And, and I would imagine just knowing your budget, just knowing uh, what you typically spend in a month or a quarter or what have you. And, and then I know that there are a lot of people I worked with this one woman. uh, She worked with high net women who never had to sign contracts, pay the bills, do, you know, get, get the cable set up, do, do these things that, so there's also that piece of it, which is just the business of, of running your financial life that can be a little intimidating when you've never done any of that. And you actually have a large uh, list of vendors and and services Mm -hmm. to be handled. I help with a lot of that, getting everything set up and getting the right people involved, because that is a terrifying process. Let's not sugarcoat it. If you haven't dealt with it, I have had a client who would spend 80K a month on a credit card, not even knowing that it's 80K because it's just, okay, it's just a credit card and you just swipe it. And that's totally normal. So whoever is doing that currently, it's completely normal. It's post-lifestyle though, post-divorce we might want to actually start tracking it a little different and a little more wherever you're at. Don't worry. It's not all going away all at once. We just want to be able to have these conversations though, and and talk about what the need is behind spending money versus saving versus let's set up for simplification and auto pay and and make sure you don't have to think about this because no one wants to go from not thinking about it to having stress of it thought about every day. So we don't want to go there. We want to make it really easy. You know, and and with each part of this conversation that we have, I really just want to speak to you, the listener, uh, the investment in a financial expert that you trust implicitly that can come alongside you, that has a level of emotional intelligence and understands when you're overwhelmed or anxious and stressed and can meet you where you are and come alongside you through this entire process until you land settled rooted in the new you and your new life this is a priceless thing this is not this is not an ancillary should i invest this is this is a must have because when you can go through your divorce emotionally sound and regulated and financially supported, you're going to emerge uh, a more confident and clear version of yourself. And that's going to benefit you, your children, your future relationships. And so this is, this is so valuable. This is so helpful. Olivia, any last um, tips and advice before we wrap up and tell our listeners how they can find you? Trust your gut. Oh, that one. I love, 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 love when I hear clients start to trust their gut. Cause at the beginning, it's usually, I hear a lot of, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Throughout the conversation, it's just natural. And then it starts to become a, 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 I trust my gut. So if no one here has thought about, are you trusting yourself during the divorce process today? Trust yourself, trust your gut. You know way more. You know, especially about him. You know his his um what sets him off, you know how he acts, you know how you're gonna do whatever the situation is. And, and so just trusting your gut, I think, is huge and imperative. So trust your gut. Beautiful. So we covered a lot today. Um, feel free to to re-listen. It's always here for you. And Olivia, can you just tell our listeners how they can find you if they're interested? So I work with only a few women at a given time. So I'm though I'm though that is the caveat there. Reach out anytime, and I can get you to a good person wherever you're at because I know the the, the best of the best. So. Um, summerhillfirm.com is my website and that's probably the best to find me. Um, and divorce for wealthy women is my podcast. So if you are in that category, it's very specific to my niche. 
and hopefully it's helpful tools. But again, reach out if you do need someone resource wise, I can, I would love to help out anyone listening today. Beautiful. And we have, uh, in our show notes, we've got a couple of, uh, of these links and the podcast where you can find Olivia. So um, check out the show notes and Olivia, thank you so much for your time and your wisdom and your beautiful energy. Uh, So appreciate you sharing with us. Well, thanks for having me on Karen. Let's do it again sometime. (laughs) Absolutely. And we'll be back again real soon with another episode of divorce in the family business until then you take care. Thanks for joining us on the Journey Beyond Divorce podcast. I hope you found guidance and encouragement to help you along your journey. If you like my podcast, please take a minute to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. You can also visit us at jbddivorcesupport.com, where our team of coaches support both men and women through our one-on-one coaching group programs, online courses, and free resources. Stay tuned for our next episode, and I'll talk to you soon.